Yeah, David? Do you want to go back? Back where? Back to the best. Back to the best? Back Back to to the the best. best. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Back to the Best. I'm David. And I'm Grace, and this is our podcast where we talk about all the best things from the 90s to the 2000s, which is also known as the best times. To all our first-time listeners, welcome to all our former besties returning. Welcome back and happy it's gonna be May. It's May. <laughs> okay, I remember this started last year whenever people started, oh my god, oh, if you heard that noise, I went to go <gasps> check my mail when I got home, and they were all open. <laughs> every mailbox like you know how like the mailbox yeah. is gonna like fold out I think someone's yeah. to fix it anyway Thank it's gotta be May it is May <laughs> it is May I love seeing I've already seen I mean a bunch of like TikToks with that sound bite and oh. someone someone did that there's one that's like roses are red violets are blue I, it's something like that and then uh-huh. the end, it's, it's gonna be, be May. May was like ramen noodles because that was like Justin Timberlake's hair I've seen those. I've seen some people aren't the biggest fan of Justin after, you know, the the Britney things. A lot of people do the, that is just so typically May from oops. I did it again now. Yes, I did see that. And I'm really on board for that. Mm -hmm. It's not as short. I mean, the, it really sounds like he says it's going to be May. So he does, he pretty much does, but it would be a meme before memes were memes. I know, but we'll take either one of them. It Love is May. Them. Happy May. Uh, spring still. <laughs> spring is still sprung. I was going to say it's sprung, but we've been in spring. I know we've been in spring. Um, David knows I'm, I have this dry erase board that I change every month. So naturally, because it's May, I was changing it. And about halfway through my marker died, died, it died, died, just completely died. died. And now just I just dead. have to, I have to look at this half filled out calendar. I mean, what if one day I'm sitting at my desk here and I look up and I think, Oh, you know, what am I doing on the 27th of may? I'm never going to know. You'll never know. It's just says M. It just says I did show David. It says M and you know, Mary had a little, a little lamb. (laughs) Maybe that's what it was, but I'm just going to have to guess and be late for any appointment I might have. But other than that, may has been good so far. Thank God. I just realized it's the third. I need to, uh, our rent, you can pay the first, second or third. I got to get my rent in after we hang up here. <laughs> oh, wow. You really wait till that last, uh, last I usually, minute. Usually I remember to do it on the second. We, yeah, we have to pay it on the first We Not that we paid earlier, but you can't even do it like the night before it's the first. Wow. Um, but anyway, how are you? How are things? What, what are you up to? What are you watching? What have you watched? Wow. Um, I just watched Heartstopper on Netflix and it's like the cutest show I've ever seen. I haven't watched it yet, but my friend Kevin is obsessed with it and it's I need so to watch good. it. I, it hasn't been renewed for season two. They pretty much finished the story if it needs to get canceled. Mm-hmm. Um, but it did say that they're all hoping for season two and I hope for season two. I watched it pretty much in a day. It took <gasps> like I started it I can't wait. two nights ago and then finished it last night. Uh, it's just eight 30 minute episodes. It's a quick watch. I love that. Other than that, just like the normal shows, like I got finally got caught up on Grey's, which I know you're never going to. I'm just so behind. Just, I think you just feel like a fake fan at this point. And I don't know. I like we went through medical school together, you and I. Mm-hmm. And now I feel like you've just been on vacation for so long. 
So like in my defense, they don't keep the episodes on abc.com after a certain point. So I now the episode, like I'm that far, I need, it's gone <laughs> and I can't cause they need, they like refresh, I think, but it, I will always be a fan always and forever. I just need to catch up. I did. I finally watched the, the card at, I think it's just called the Kardashians. It's not the Kardashians. <laughs> Yeah. Whatever. Isn't that what their show is called? Isn't it? It's yeah. So I watched episodes one, two, and three. I love it. I love it. I think it's great. I mean, I know it's like, how is it? I I do see how it's different though. Like I like real to me. Yeah. I saw obviously all reality show isn't, but this just feels like the fact that they don't ignore the camera, I think gets me. Yes. I love that. And that's what Kim in an interview said. It's more like documentary style because they kind of look right at the camera and really acknowledge that it's there. Um, oh, but I love it. I, I will always, I loved when they showed behind the scenes of Kim on SNL. Shocked they got to take cameras in to, to show that. It was so good. It was so cool to see though. Like even it Tim like, liked that episode. That was a really good episode. Yeah. Oh, and Kanye going to get the. Oh, that was so nice. I cried. Oh. <laughs> I cried right along with them. I was like, oh my gosh, it was really nice of him to do that. But you, you saw, so you saw the new Fantastic Beasts. Yes. I personally enjoyed it. Yes. I think, and you were saying you had just watched the second beforehand in which you, everyone has their own opinion. Not many people loved it. So it's like, okay, this was better than that. It, uh, yeah. I think that I don't always agree with Rotten Tomatoes, as you all know. <laughs> <laughs> when we do our episodes where we talk about like different movies and stuff, I usually disagree. Wow. If they're really still banging on the mailboxes, thank God I got my mail. Oh, uh, I can't hear it. I can't oh, that's hear good. it. Yeah. I usually disagree with Rotten Tomatoes, but I think with the Fantastic Beast series, it's pretty spot on with the first getting like a 70 something percent. I think number two is at a 30 something percent. And this one's like a 47 or 48. I think that those are all very fair ratings. Yes, that's, they are fair because they're not, they're not great. They're no Harry Potter, but it was something to watch. You know, again, I loved Jude get to see it. more of Hogwarts and this one yeah. than the other two. Yeah, that was great. Um, and you know, fun, just, just great and fun. Just great and fun. Um, if you guys haven't seen it, we won't like spoil anything about it, but also everything everywhere all at once, go see it. I won't say any spoilers, but just like, go see it. I haven't seen it yet, but we want to see it so bad. I keep what, forgetting. What's new with you? Um, Besides your you know, whiteboard dilemma. God, my don't even get me started on it again. Um, not too much is new. We, you know, just busy season at work and I'm going, I'm seeing my mom for mother's day this weekend, which I can't wait Aww. for. Yes. My guys. So if there's not an episode next week, it is my fault. I have to travel for a work event in which my mom will also be coming to, but That'll be fun though. it'll be really fun. It'll be worth it. But yes, I'm looking forward to that. Oh, Tim and I have been really loving the get this. I don't know if we're going, I'm going to swear for a second. The game show bullshit. If you can't say that on here, I know guys just, I'm really sorry, but it's like, it's the name of a game show on Netflix and it's really good. I haven't watched it. So the contestants, there's three. There's three contestants that are like, okay, there's one person who's like gets picked to go and try to win the money Okay. and they get asked trivia questions. Howie Mandel hosts it and they get asked a trivia question and they 
and they either like, they have to pretend like they know it, even if they don't know it. And then the three contestants are judging them, trying to guess if they're bullshitting or not. Oh, that's fun. It's a really cool concept and it's really fun. Um, so we've been loving that. And, oh, we finished the last season of Ozark. Not going to spoil anything, but I will always love that show. I didn't love the ending, but I'll always love it. And, you know, there's probably something else, but I can't think of it right now. Um, yeah, just, just really happy to be here. Just like happy to just be alive. You know, I love that. Thank you. I feel like we should do our birthdays first and then the news because our episode is kind of about what we would normally talk about in the news. You're right. And did you think about the birthdays? Because I said being alive and, you know, just like celebrating your birth, birth is life, birth is life. Um, so starting off the list for our birth life's life birthdays, Kirsten Dunst. Lover. Lover. Loved her. Wasn't she, wait, was she nominated for an Oscar this year? I think she was at the past. She was. I think that's because remember, yeah, because remember she was there and people got like upset at Amy Schumer for that seat filler joke. Yes. Her and her, I didn't know that guy was her husband, that other actor. The power of the dog. Looks, yeah. Yes. Who looks like Matt Damon, but is not Matt Damon. He's a really good actor though. I didn't know they were together, but super cute. We love successful couples. <clears throat> love them. Absolutely love them. <laughs> <laughs> Next on the list. I, th- I, I'm pretty sure you're a big fan of hers. Diana Agron. Is it Agron? Uh, I saw her one time uh, from Glee, of course. I uh, saw her one time at a grocery store. And I think I've told this story on here before, but I was with my other friend, Grace. So sorry. It's okay. It's fine. Go ahead. And we were going to a taping at uh, the CBS by The Grove. It was the taping yes. of, I can't remember the name of the show, but it was a singing competition that lasted for one season with... Josh Groban is the host and the what? judges were Kesha, Brad Paisley. And I want to say ludicrous. <laughs> what? I had no idea. It was this that is show, ludicrous. It was the show where they like started off behind a wall and like people voted live. And if like the votes got to a certain point, then the wall would rise and they would get to move on. I'm blanking on the name of it. Now that I'm saying it, it all sounds fake, but I swear I went to it. Is it called eye candy or that's a new one? That's a new one. Let's see if this brings it Rising up. star, Josh Groban, oh, Brad Paisley, uh, and Ludacris. It was what on a, it was what a time. It was in 2014. And anyway, so I didn't have my phone with me, but because we stopped at the grocery store that was outside and then I was in the dairy section and I looked up and there is Diana Agron. <laughs> in the, she loves a berry. So we were leaving and then my friend Grace, she was standing at the door, like reading a magazine. So my friend Grace was just like, we loved you in Glee. And then she turned and said, thank you. What if, what if she had turned and said, thank you very much? Oh, I said, um, we were in the dairy section. Like, oh, what if she had turned to you and said, thank you, dairy much. (laughs) I would have loved it. Next on the list is someone else who we love, who I'm pretty sure just like America, I actually know America loves. And I've heard he's a very nice person. And I wrote his name out this way. Dwayne, the rock Johnson, Oh, Dwayne, Dwayne, the rock Johnson. I, I mean, you only hear good things about him. I've never had the pleasure of meeting him, but man, would I love to, I saw him at Disneyland not too long ago, whenever I went back in, whenever jungle cruise came out. 
Oh yeah, I bet you he rocks. I mean, what's that song he does? That like it's about uh, da, 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 we stay hungry, we devour, put in the work, put in the work, and take what's ours. Isn't that him? Yeah, it is. Sounds about right. <laughs> um, another one who not just Americans love, mostly the Brits. David Beckham. I was going to say the Queens was last year or last year, last week. <laughs> no, it's David Beckham. Oh, David. <laughs> love him. He's married to Posh Spice. Love her. Hey, I used to honestly see David Beckham like once a week. What a time that was. I remember that. And their kids would like draw you pictures. Yeah. His daughter drew us a picture and we, at my old job and we kept it like in the back, right? Like by our, like where our lockers were. And we always looked at it. That's really, nice. really nice family. Truly. I think he's the nicest celebrity I've ever met. That's, that says a lot because you've met a lot. I know. Last on the list is another celebrity we really wish we knew, but we think is really cool. And is also a Brit, Adele. Hi, I'm Adele. Hi, I'm Adele. I think she seems like the most fun, funny person. And I, was, I just would love to meet her. I was reading that she's close again to finishing another Vegas deal since the first one didn't. Oh my God. Was that that video when she was like crying? Yeah. But then like some things came out that make it sound like she was just not happy and that it wasn't really COVID related. Like she tried to say, and now the rumors are saying that they think she's moving from Caesar's palace to planet Hollywood. Oh no. But just it did say that it like should be fine because Caesars technically owns both. So it's not like she's like leaving the company. That's but true. they put in like a brand new speaker system at the Caesars arena for her because she didn't like the way it sounded and then she still just didn't do it. <gasps> Adele, don't 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 let this happen. And it Make it right. And that she waited till the day before. So people had like flown in to see her and then she just like oh my gosh. screwed. I didn't know any of this. I don't know what's a thing. But we love her. <laughs> we love her. What a great gal. <laughs> anyway, happy birthday, everybody. Birthday. The news. The news. We always have news. Um, I saw that Tom Felton from Harry Potter is starting on the West End. I saw he posted it on TikTok that he starts a new show there soon. <gasps> oh, my God. I would kill to see him. My mom and I might go to London in October. I wonder if he would be there then. Maybe. I'll call him and ask. I'll call him and ask. It's been quite a week for Amanda Vines. Oh, it's it's been quite a week for Amanda Vines. We, it's very sad. Honestly, it's very. I know. I, I feel we're talking sad. about it. Yeah. I know. If anyone follows her at all, you might have seen her. Her captions are just uh, a lot. She went on her story the other day, basically saying that she kicked her fiance. Her fiance, right? It's not. I think so. I think Beyonce so. out. Um, Cause she like posted saying, a picture with their rings, like a ring. Yeah, that's right. Saying that he was using drugs and mm -hmm. looking up pornography. Yes. Mm -hmm. and, and she got into she, a lot of detail. Then she posted the next morning saying that she was wrong and that he took a drug test and he wasn't using. And then she made a post trying to explain it some more, but then she since deleted that post. Mm -hmm. And now you can just go to her page to listen to her songs which are, you know, worth it. Gold. Um, yeah. So we're not always praying, always sending our love to Amanda. We just, it's a lot, it's a lot going on there. <laughs> and I think the best and biggest news of all, it's not even really news. It's just a celebratory situation. That is one of our favorite movies of all time. 
the Lizzie McGuire movie, has turned 19. What a year. <laughs> what a year. Do I remember being 19? What a time. You're not quite 20, but you're adult, an adult. Yeah. You're like almost 20, but you're still 19, but you're like right there on the cusp. Almost you know? 20. Yeah. It's a great time. Um, you guys know how much we love Lizzie McGuire and of course the Lizzie McGuire movie. And we love to celebrate it anytime we can. Um, we have Lizzie content all up and down all of our pages, really. Mm-hmm. If you find and if you follow us anywhere, you know that there's Lizzie content. So we kind of thought the best way we could celebrate this is to re-air our episode with the director of the Lizzie McGuire movie. Jim Fall. Jim Fall. I mean, what else could we do? We had so much fun talking to him. This was like a year ago. This was, I think a little over a year ago. A little bit over. Yeah. We had Jim Fall on who, as we just said, directed the Lizzie McGuire movie. And this interview is just start to finish the Lizzie McGuire movie. So if you haven't heard it, we really hope you enjoy it. This is, I think, the third time we've done this. We call this little series the best of Back to the Best. <laughs> Because it's just the best of back to the best. We're not lying. So if you've heard this before, we hope you enjoy it again. If this is your first time listening to it, we really hope you enjoy it as well. I think we should just jump right into it. Yeah, let's get into it. Here he is. Please enjoy the director of the Lizzie McGuire movie, Jim Fall. Hi guys. It's great. How's it going? Thank you so much for doing this, by the way. My pleasure. I'm I'm embarrassed. I feel like I've done I've done two already. I hope I don't repeat myself and tell the same stories again. But oh. listen, you know, whatever. We're great. very excited. <laughs> you can tell any story you want. We don't okay. mind at all. <laughs> good. good, good. Well, thank you again for doing this. We of course have some questions we would love to ask you. Sure. Um, well, first, how have you been doing in quarantine? Are you, is ever, are you okay? Are you healthy? Is everybody healthy? Yeah, you know, I mean, I think it's just frustrating, you know, for everybody. But uh, uh, we live in downtown Los Angeles, and uh, we, were, we were very near the riots when they first started here. So it was actually rather frightening, although we were just a few blocks away with them. They just, I don't know, didn't manage to come this far over. So uh, it was such a crazy, scary uh, time then, you know, kind of believing in the cause, but seeing it get, you know, mutated by by some of the other crazy people who felt, you know, hell bent on just destroying stuff. But um, yeah. But that aside, things have calmed down, and um, my partner Brian and I are are fine. Luckily, he's a good cook. Luckily, I can eat. So <laughs> it's definitely a plus. <laughs> That's a plus. Um, yeah, everyone I know so far is safe and sound, so. Oh, good. Good. Yeah, I feel like if you were had to quarantine with someone who can cook or can cut hair, you're in a good spot. I know, luckily, <laughs> I don't have hair to cut, so it's, that has not been an issue for Another me. Another plus. You're having the <laughs> best plus. quarantine ever. Like, the <laughs> best quarantine, I mean, that's horrible to say, but. <laughs> yeah, no, it's true, it's true. I don't have hair cutting issues. I've let the beard get a little long, but whatever. Whatever. It's a weird time. <laughs> well, good. How are you guys doing? Where are you guys exactly? Where are you? We're not too far apart. I'm in Studio City. She's in North Hollywood. Oh, okay. 
Yeah, we're both, we, David actually just moved. We used to live even closer. <laughs> yeah, we were like probably three streets apart and yeah. now it's like a whole mile. So yeah. it's really rough. It's, oh, we're struggling. Yeah, but we're good. Just waiting for, I don't even know what we're waiting for anymore. Things change every day, it seems. I know, I know. That's what was a little depressing was it felt, although I didn't feel all that comfortable about it, but it felt like things may be getting a little better. And then, you know, as everyone predicted, it all spiked and people mm -hmm. are now, you know, so we've got to stay home as much as possible and be safe. And yeah, it's depressing. It's depressing too, because yeah. I, I want to make another movie. I had a, a sequel to my first movie, Trick in the Works, and it got delayed for other reasons. And then right when we were ready to get it rolling again, you know, the pandemic the pandemic it's like it's yeah okay all right <laughs> not now it's, yeah it's really not just going to change everything like especially with production how are you ever going to have people in a scene together you know like so yeah. many things are going to change but i know hopefully i know i mean it, it has to it has to we have to be able to do it again and it may have to do with um yeah, obviously it has to do with testing and and, and a, va a vaccine and uh, I don't know. I don't know. I know. Yeah. I, I know. know. It's we're let's just we're all hoping for the best, obviously. And yeah. Yeah. Stay, staying home as long as we have to. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Although we are going to a screening of Jaws at the Rose Bowl today, tonight. But it, but um, we stay in the car. It's, it, they've done a makeshift drive-in theater, and Brian got tickets, luckily, and so uh, we're gonna sit. We're gonna tailgate and That's you know watch Jaws from the that car, from the very car. <laughs> that car? The whole day in your car? <laughs> going to spend the whole day in here. I'm not going to leave. Wait, that's so fun. I didn't even know they were doing that. That's a great idea. Yeah. I also saw an article that Walmarts are doing drive-in theaters now in their parking lots. So wow. Hey. I'm not sure where people can pee, but I don't know. You know, who knows? Everyone goes to Walmart. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> They're like, no, no, no. We're, tr we're trying to keep you in your cars. We're not, right. don't come in. <laughs> right. Everyone's getting creative for sure. Right. Oh. Well, we'd love to ask you some questions about your career, if that's all right. Sure. sure. Um, so we'd love to know how you, how you even got started in this industry or how you got involved with it. Well, I mean, just movie making in general. I've always wanted to make movies, but I was kind of naive for a very long time. I mean, I didn't get my first feature film made until I was 35. So I'd already dropped out of NYU, undergrad. I went to NYU. I went to Temple University my freshman year because uh, I couldn't get into NYU or USC. I really wanted to come out here first. Um, and in a weird way, I guess I, I'm glad I didn't because things work out for the best, you know, because um, my grades weren't were actively mediocre. <laughs> so uh, I went to Temple University in Philadelphia, which I loved, and then transferred to NYU and then stayed in New York City for 18 years. And uh, <clears throat> you know, uh, dropped out of film school because I kind of hated it and I was really impatient. I'm not proud of the fact that I dropped out, but at the same time, um, uh, you know, I was, I was working, I was, I was a production assistant on the Daytime Emmy Awards and on the uh, Macy's Day Parade, this back in the 80s. Um, so I was, I was working, so I wanted to get the hell out of school, um, but still I didn't know how to really get a movie made, um, but I was always always working in the industry mostly as a production assistant and then then stumbled into directing theater for for a while when i say theater i mean like you know way off broadway off 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 like really <laughs> wacky wacky little shows and that was just a 
trial by error experience learning how to direct, but it, it got me um, working with actors, you know, more than I ha had in film school. So that was really great. And then we made these, this little show, these little shows were doing well in their own way. And it just sort of light bulb went off. Like, well, why can't I make a movie then? I, if I can do this with theater, and when I say well, I mean, it was a tiny theater where, you know, if we were lucky to get 15 people in the audience, but it, <laughs> it, it was exciting. Yeah. <laughs> um, so cut to still directing theater around 1994. I directed a show that I co-wrote with my friend Robin Kerrigan called Blood Orgy of the Carnival Queens, a classic. And Miss <laughs> um, Coco, the drag queen who ended up being in Trick, my very first movie was in that also. But luckily, one of the actors had read an early version of the script that turned out to be my first movie called Trick that Tori Spelling was in and Miss Coco was in and went to Sundance and basically started my career. And that was 1999. So it took oh, a wow. long time. It took me a long time. Wow, that's amazing. So you kind of fell into directing? Like, did you always aspire to do that or it just kind of happened? Well, I did. I, I did aspire to. I, want, I went to film school and wanted to direct. I just didn't understand how. And it... Mm. You know, I wish I had learned to write sooner because I think writing is really what gets you into the business and knowing how to tell a story is really important. And that's what you do as a director. And something I left out is I worked for um, Alan Pakula, who's a film director uh, who directed Sophie's Choice and All the President's oh. Men and, and was a producer on To Kill a Mockingbird way back when. And so that was the New York job I had in the early 90s. And it was a wonderful experience because it got me, uh, I was a development assistant to the VP. It was just him and me. And I was, you know, you had to read back then, all of publishing was in New York City and you had to read like 400 page, you know, Xeroxed copies of novels overnight and then do coverage on it the next day. It was, you know, and I'm a slow reader. I'm basically dyslexic. So it was really challenging, but it taught me a lot about storytelling and and what makes a good movie and why movies get sold and what they don't and so that was instrumental also and I also worked for Sand Dollar in New York City which was Dolly Parton and Sandy Gallen's company Love they produced uh, <laughs> um, well Buffy the Vampire Slayer and uh, um, Father of the Bride the movie and so that was all the New York offices though I didn't get to really meet these people I didn't meet Dolly but because we were like the bastard child we were all these companies you know we had there were offices in New York City because that's where publishing was and everyone needed mm. to get their hands on these novels so wow well that's everything so cool. you just said we love David loves Dolly David loves Buffy <laughs> I love Father of the Bride <laughs> that whole sentence I, wish I, could say I met Dolly she never came in the office but it was fun you know oh. Um, well, we also love Tori Spelling. What was it like working with her? You know, she was a dream. I mean, again, it was my first movie. Most of the people in Trick, um, well, not most, a, a lot of them were actual friends or people I knew and I cast because I knew they'd be funny. Um, and the role of Catherine that Tori ended up playing, uh, you know, it was one of those things where the, one of my producers suggested Tori Spelling and I had no baggage about her. People were already loving to make fun of her because of the nepotism. And, you know, so that was already a thing. But I had actually never even seen 90210. So I had no, okay. I had no preconceived notion. I thought she was the right type. And I said, if she, if she will audition, if she will audition for me, and if she's great, she gets the part. And I knew full well that she was a name that it would help us. But um, I wasn't going to just hand it over to someone who couldn't act. So she, uh, 
she was wonderful and gracious. And I came out to LA and she did the diner scene. I don't know if you've seen the movie, but there's a, she has a meltdown in a diner at the last scene. I just scene. watched that this morning. <laughs> she's, she's hysterical. And she basically did that scene for me verbatim. Uh, I forget where we met. I think it was an apartment or maybe her manager's apartment. And I'm like, oh my God, okay, this girl's funny. She gets it. She's willing to play an actress who, you know, is supposed to be questionably talented. And I know in the real world, she was being challenged about her own talent, you know. So she was just wonderful. And she's been, she's been, you know, she's been great. I, uh, she was, I'm so proud of her and her performance in the movie. Oh, that's so great to hear. And you said yeah. you, you were work, you want to work on a second one to that, you said, but obviously it's hard to do it right now. Yeah, I mean, we were all geared up to get it going. I had written, I didn't write Trick, the first movie. Um, a writer named Jason Schaefer wrote it. Uh, I wrote a sequel that, I've been, that uh, is completed. We did a reading of the screenplay now almost two years ago with everybody's, everybody's back, Tori, all the whole cast are back. It oh went my. really well. Um, but then we hit, we hit some bumps in the road. Well, first of all, the exciting thing is we got all this press really fast from this reading. And we were nowhere near ready to make the movie. We had no money raised. It was just a reading for me to hear the script. But the good news was it was nice that the gay press was like excited about my sequel. Um, at the same time, I think it gave everyone the, the impression that we were like about to shoot or it already existed. And it, it doesn't. <laughs> um, then we hit some roadblocks with, the, with some ancient contracts from 20 years ago that we had to go back and refix and renegotiate some things with, with the original writer. And just like after 20 years, it's just missing paperwork. It's just, you realize uh -huh. it's just, it's a, some of the chain of title is messy. So by the time we cleared all that up, the COVID happened. And now we're like, all right, I guess it'll be the 25th anniversary of the movie by the time we yeah. get it made and my cast will be, you know, 60, but whatever. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> oh, well, hopefully soon. It's so sad. I know. Oh. I know. Hopefully soon. Yeah. But we're ready to go when we can actually do it. I know. I feel like there's going to be so many projects when everyone gets the green light because everyone's oh had this time. I know. Oh, everyone's I know. So I think here. it may be hard to find crew because everyone's going to, you know, of course, want to take the higher paying stuff. And our movie is still going to be a relatively low budget film. I mean, we're hopefully, hopefully we're budgeted at basically one point something million. If, and that's a lot, really. But it's, you know, we'll who knows? So much yeah. is in the air. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we're hoping for the best for it. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so we would love to ask you about the Lizzie McGuire movie. Yes. Huge fans. Um, how, <laughs> how did Me you get too. involved in that? How did that happen? Well, uh, I made Trick and it went to Sundance and it sold, you know, right away. Fine Line Features distributed it. And then, you know, we all, everyone from Trick moved to Los Angeles. We all packed our bags. I moved to LA, you know, two, year 2000. And, you know, you get, you get an agent and you start making the rounds. Everyone, there's like this bubble around you when you've got a movie that, you know, was at Sundance and got good reviews. So you basically are trotted around LA and you meet everybody one by one. Uh, one day, and it was, I guess it was 2002, so almost two years had gone by already. Um, and the Lizzie McGuire movie script, my agent sent it to me and I was like, what, what the hell is a Lizzie McGuire? I don't even know what this is. I'm like, what? And I, I was part of me, I was like, what? I don't know, what, a, what is this? And then I, I read the script and it was sweet and funny and it and it was it took place in rome and i had never seen the tv show but it was basically this charming 
you know, class trip to Rome, rom-com with a bunch of musical numbers. I'm like, like, you know, checking off everything I love in a movie. Uh So I'm like, ah, okay, this is great. Um, And, you know, of course, my, my, my agent said, you know, you need to, as a director, you need to be vetted as a studio director. And so it behooves you to make a studio film. Um, And so uh, these two wonderful executives at Disney, Karen Glass and Doug Short, Doug, Doug had seen Trick and loved it. And, and so had Karen and, you know, Doug was gay. So he also like, you know, and I think they actively wanted a director who wasn't from the TV show. They wanted someone mm-hmm. who actually wanted to make a movie and not just sort of do the TV show thing. And, you know, I was the most out of the box choice. But they also <laughs> told me that I was the most enthusiastic. I, I went in and gave them like five pages of notes. The script needed some work. This is, I said, this is how I would do it. And I left them my notes, which I never did before. I'm not sure why, but I just said, here are my notes. If you don't hire me, you need these. If you do hire me, this is what I'm, I'm going to do. <laughs> and they hired me. It was, yeah, it was thrilling. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. What was it like going to Rome for this? <laughs> well, it was insane. It was beautiful. I had briefly been to Rome uh, a year or so before for the first time because Trick actually was released in Rome and was dubbed in Italian, which is hilarious. Oh! <laughs> I, met Nicole, I met all the actors who did the dubbing for my first... So I, I had been in Rome briefly, uh, but never to shoot a movie. So, you know, it's, it's as wonderful as you think it is. You get yeah. to go on a location scout for two weeks and just they take you everywhere wonderful that you want to shoot. And then you get to shoot in this beautiful city and we were lucky with the weather. It only rained one day in a month and that was amazing. And every, it was all amazing. It was just amazing. Wow. I was in Rome two years ago with my mom and like, you know, it's like all this ancient history and everywhere I went, I was like, okay, so this is where Lizzie threw the quarter in. <laughs> and I was like, okay, Lizzie ran up and down these stairs. <laughs> and you know, I was, yeah, I did, I was doing my Rome research too. You know, the, you know, I don't know if you know, but there's an old, I'm dating myself, but there's an old song way from, well, before my time, actually, from the 50s, called Three Coins in a Fountain. And mm. it's, uh, that's why those girls throw, there's three coins that the, the girls throw in the fountain. Um, right? Am I, I'm not mixing that. Yeah, three, there's three coins. <laughs> anyway, that was a subtle reference to Three Coins in the Fountain, which is a song about throwing okay. coins in the Trevi Fountain. Um, and, you know, uh, Roman Holiday with, with uh, Gregory Peck and uh, Audrey Hepburn, you know, they're riding around on a Vespa. So I did, of course, I did the Vespa oh. thing. And, you know. That was the uh, best part. We loved that. I, I want to go on a Vespa so bad. <laughs> Just because of that? <laughs> Just because of that. <laughs> you, wanted to, you wanted to meet a, a creepy Italian pop star who steals your underage friend. I <laughs> mean, it just a... checks it just all the boxes. Seems, yeah, it seems so like it could happen to anyone. It really could. <laughs> I know, you know, it's funny now, looking back on it, it is a little bit like, would they even make this movie now where some <laughs> stranger takes her away all day? And like, even at the time, I remember thinking, oh, okay. <laughs> That's so, because she was in what? She graduated eighth grade at the beginning, so she was young, yeah. <laughs> She's 15, and he, you know, the actor was slightly older, but, you know, we have a, that's why there's a line shoved in there where she goes, and he's 17, because we wanted to make sure people knew he was 17 in the movie. Yeah. I'm oh, pretty sure funny. Yanni was 19 or 20 at that point. Oh, wow. Yeah. How long were you there? So how long was the shoot for the movie? We, um, we spent a lot of prep in Vancouver. All, everything that's inside, all the interiors, including that beautiful hotel, was built 
in Vancouver. That that whole lobby oh. is all not marble. That's all painted wood. It looks amazing. My my set designer. Anything inside was the set. So while all that was being built in Vancouver, we went to Rome. It was most of October and some of November. It was pretty much a month. We were basically a month in Rome, and then we came back and shot all the interiors. But there are certain sequences in the movie that are funny because I know that like it cuts between Rome and Vancouver and Rome and Vancouver and you don't really know. I mean, I did a live, um, I did a live screening of the movie uh, a couple of years back where I did a live director's commentary. And it really is funny how many times we cut back and forth between interior, I mean, from Rome versus Vancouver within a sequence, like the bus sequence when, when they're driving, when they're racing back to the hotel, the interior of the bus where Gordo is sitting is, is um, Vancouver actually, but when he looks out the window and sees the Vespa, that's actually was shot in in Rome. Oh anyway, wow! So lots of stuff like that, over and over. Yeah, we had no idea. No, that's <laughs> so funny. Us. That's yeah, great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so I know that you had said you didn't watch the original show, but was right. there like what was it like knowing that when you found out how popular that show was? Like, what was that like? Well, I mean, I knew the show was popular, obviously, because they wanted to make a feature film movie. But at the same time, um, you know, I and, I and I was trusting that the writers were being true to the story because I didn't have three seasons of the Lizzie McGuire show fresh in my head, you know. So mm -hmm. I'm assuming that what they've written that's been vetted by Disney is what, what you know. So, so luckily it was. Um, <clears throat> I think... Uh, um, well, it was just exciting. It was exciting to be part of a, of a thing that everyone seemed to love. You know, at the same time, I mean, it opened number two at the box office that weekend against um, X-Men 2, wow. you know, <laughs> uh, which was huge. Um, you know, it, I, I think the audience ultimately was a little limited initially because it really was just the people and the kids who like the show. And whereas like an X-Men can go on forever because everyone loves yeah. sci-fi. But it made it made its money back, and it, it was successful. And they were already going to do a sequel, but then it didn't. Um, it didn't. It didn't uh, happen. Yeah. We hope for it every day. Bring it back now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they they announced a sequel to the movie in the trades back then that they were oh, already wow. going to do it, and they were negotiating with Hillary. But uh, I don't think those negotiations went well. Oh, no. oh man! They didn't make it. Oh. Well, we have the original, and it never gets old. We love it. <laughs> it makes me so happy to hear that because I love the movie. I love the movie. I made the movie for myself. So much of the music are choices I made uh, with my music supervisor, also Elliot Lurie. But um, I'm proud of all the choices. And that's why I think I was the right director for this movie because I actually love the movie, even the silly, silly parts. Of course, you can poke holes to the story all, all, you know, all day if you want to. Sure. But... Uh, it's a very, it's a sweet, funny musical, you know, suspend your disbelief story. <laughs> I tried to keep it as, I tried to keep it grounded, though. I tried to keep everybody in the reality as much as possible. I mean, even now, we watched it, when was that, back in February, I think we watched it together. And, like, even now as adults watching it, it still 100% holds up, but in mm -hmm. my opinion. <laughs> it's good. I'm glad. Yeah. I'm glad. I mean, we even shot it widescreen, like really wide, you know, and that's, that was a little uncommon for a quote unquote kids movie. Mm -hmm. um, it's two, three, five, the aspect ratio is really wide. And that wasn't mm -hmm. that common back then, but Disney was cool with it. And, you know, yeah. 
What would you say some of the most, is there any like certain scene that comes out uh, is like a very challenging scene to film? You know, the challenging part was dealing with some of, you know, this was early digital stuff. We had some digital effects, like the billboards where you see Paolo and Isabella, even when they drive by in the Vespa and it's moving. Those, all those things were actually really hard to do back in the day because they were, um, so all that stuff I had to storyboard very specifically and I had an amazing effects team that was really wonderful. Um, so, you know, challenging, it's just like everything in Rome is challenging. You know, it's wonderful to shoot there, but it's really hard. We were shooting in all the most populated tourist areas and like the Trevi Fountain, like they weren't gonna close it off for us. We got this little part where our extras were right there, but everybody, there was like mobs of people behind and around us. It's the same with the Spanish steps when she does her cartwheel and she looks down and sees the bus. Like the bus is roped off, but there are throngs of people not necessarily there to watch us shoot because we weren't that exciting to look at. But it just was crazy making a movie in a, such a popular, busy, busy place. I'm shocked we got the scenes, the shots we got. Oh my gosh. I mean, I also think watching it, you would expect that if in real life there would be all those people there with Lizzie. So it, it, would, it worked out either way because if yeah. there was nobody there, it would have looked weird. No, exactly, exactly. So it worked out, but it really was, um, I mean, I had a good time, but you know, they, they, the, it's the production crew are the people that have to deal with the madness. I just have That's to show true. up and make sure I you know, <laughs> get the shot, this scene thing to happen with all yeah. the madness going on behind me, which is like, not my problem. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Um, we'd also love to know just what was it like working with the cast? They, it, was the, it was a mixed bag, mostly great. Um, uh, you know, it was mostly a lot of kids. So you also, you get their parents along with them. Oh, and yeah. So it's an interesting mix of like, you know, all the parents were very different. They were mostly lo lovely people. Um, uh there was, I remember I made, a, I made a, a mistake early on when we were doing some costume fittings on Ashley. Um, her mother was there at the costume fitting. And, you know, what I didn't really think through was they'd already spent three years doing this a million times wow. with her, right? But she had tried something on that actually looked good. And it was just was happening, like, in my peripheral. And, and um, I heard her mother say something that I remember as you look fat in that. Mm. And I remember looking over at Ashley and she looked so sad about it. And I, I literally, I got, it was almost like in my DNA, I got so mad because I'm like, uh -huh. this is, I heard somebody telling my actor that they looked fat. <laughs> oh my God. And I didn't stop to think that's her mother. She's underage. Yeah. I don't, that's not my, like, I don't need to be involved in that necessarily. Uh -huh. But I walked over to her mom and I said, um, you know, please don't talk to her that way. I mean, I don't want, you know, I, I kind of, I, I was right, but I was, yeah. I should, I should have shut up. That's a tough thing. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it kind of, in a way though, it colored the rest of the shoot. But I think it also was a good thing because I think it made them realize I was going to put up with bullshit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But in retrospect, I would have not said something if I had to do it again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, Hillary. Hillary was wonderful to work with. She was like a pro. She knew. She knew her lines. She was always on it. There was never a moment's worry. Um, 
you know, her <laughs> mom was a little challenging at times. There was a challenge, you know, when you have a stage mom with a, you know, with a successful young daughter, there were mm-hmm. just some, there were some issues, but, uh, you know, I, I did learn my lesson and stepped away from them. So I'm like, okay, well, let's have the <laughs> Oh, yeah. Stage moms can be, we've all seen dance moms. Yeah. We yeah. all know. And, <laughs> yeah. You can't blame them on one hand, but. Uh, yeah. One scene we wanted to ask you about is the scene where Lizzie tries on all the different costumes how long did a scene like that take to do like with her changing so many times and everything like Um, that that scene i'm hoping the door because it's getting hot in here that scene uh was really fun and it was it was a two-day shoot i think i think i'm sorry the sun is like hitting my my camera now that was like a two-day scene and the beauty of it was david robinson uh my costume designer came up with those amazing dresses. I mean, I, uh, you know, we needed something for her to wear that looked crazy and fun. And he literally wa- walked in with that blow up dress that he bought, he bought that igloo just off of some, some, uh, some website and put, put it together and turned it into a blow up dress. All the other dresses he came up with, created himself. And what's why he's so amazing is like, you know, he gave me something to film. I mean, blowing up the dress is active. The unraveling is active. The dress, <laughs> you know, the dress pulls up with the, with the curtain thing. So like, all those things are amazing, fun, visual things that um, I, I, you know, I didn't say David make me an igloo dress. He like, he made <laughs> this wonderful thing. The only thing I do remember asking for was during the What Dreams Are Made Of sequence, the ripaway dress. I, I remember asking, I want a ripaway moment. I want to be able to, for that to happen. But you know, he designed those beautiful, those beautiful outfits oh. that have become. You know, That's like our favorite somewhat, part. I feel like somewhat I'm, iconic, right? It's we so can good. reenact it. <laughs> so could I actually. <laughs> um, did you also have like? Do you have a favorite part of the movie or a favorite scene? Um, I love. This is probably going to sound weird. There's two things. I've asked that question a couple of times. And the, the answer I gave initially was like, I love the scene in the theater where they're singing the ballad and he's mm. teaching her to lip sync. That whole sequence, I just think is really pretty. And I had, it was fun making that. And I think it turned out really lovely. But the moment, the two, the moment that I really love is when she finds out that Paolo is an asshole and she looks over at him and she, he smiles and she tries to smile. And mm-hmm. that little lovely thing wasn't in the script. I, I put that in there because I wanted her to have this moment, you know, where she had to think about it and then turn back and say, okay, so what do we do basically? Uh-huh. I don't know. I thought Hillary did a beautiful job there. The music, the score is so pretty. Cliff Eidelman did this lovely, beautiful score. That's probably my, actually my favorite moment. And the rip away of the dress. <laughs> oh, so we, love, we love the rip away dress. <laughs> How was filming the What Dreams Are Made Of uh, scene? Because you had two Hillary's. Yeah. And then what? obviously you weren't inside the Coliseum. <laughs> no. What? Yes, we were. Oh, I wish. <laughs> 
the outside is all the Coliseum, by the way. I mean, we really did shoot outside the Coliseum. So all that stuff is real outside. Um, at once they step inside, it's all this big set that, that uh, my uh, set designer, Doug Higgins, designed. So they had these big chunks of fake concrete and stuff. It was, it was big. It was a big set. Um, it was really fun. You know, it's hard. Luckily, we had already been rehearsing the dance number for a long time. And, uh, you know, you have a lot of cameras and you're covering it. So it's a, it's a, it was, a, again, I think it was a two or three day shoot to get it all shot. The hard part was working with, um, well, not hard, but challenging because, you know, when you're working with someone who's 15, you only have them a few hours a day because of child labor laws. Wow. So we had to have doubles, like almost not only during the dance number, but throughout the movie, every time you do not see Hillary's face, it's not her. Like if you don't mm -hmm. see her face, it ain't her. The feet, the back of her head were all stand-ins and doubles because um, we couldn't afford to, you know, use up her time filming her shoulder, you know, which made it hard on the other actor because by the time we flipped around to do Yanni's close-ups, you know, he had to play opposite a stand-in who wasn't, you know, giving a performance the way Hillary would have been. Mm -hmm. wow. um, so yeah, there are there are dance doubles and there are stand-ins, and you know, it's 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 all because we just didn't. You can't. The the the, the schedule would have been, you know, twice as long. Yeah. To get it all shot. Mm -hmm. So you're saying whenever she's doing the dreams and shimmy, that's not <laughs> Hillary. <laughs> I know, I know, and I that moment is I know. But I, that was a moment I was so happy about because it's It so, is iconic. It's, it's so iconic. Good. I did not realize it would become iconic. I just put it in because it was the peak of the song. I wanted to cut behind her and show the whole thing and then whip back. And so it was just a fun, again, it was just my taste in what I thought would just would sell that song because I love that song. Um, you know, another thing, you know, there's two different versions of the song. There's the one in the movie and the one on the album. The one on the al movie is not on the album uh, mm. because I wanted it to be sounding more live and I wanted those like soaring violins and all that stuff oh. I got put in for the movie. Um, but they, they, of course, love the more pop version for radio play and for the soundtrack. Sure. <clears throat> which makes sense. Yeah. Well, there's not a person that hears that part that does not do this. At that moment, <laughs> no matter who you want, you could be in a room of strangers and everyone will know it. <laughs> well, you know, what, what makes me a little sad in retrospect was I loved that song. Um, you know, Dean Pitchford, um, and I'm always forgetting the other writer, but Dean Pitchford, who wrote uh, Footloose and Fame and all these other mm -hmm. amazing songs, wrote, co wrote the song. And, you know, <clears throat> we were really hoping that Disney would have embraced the song sooner somehow like used yeah. it you know used it i don't know in disneyland i don't know, do something but yeah at the time the lizzie mcguire movie kind of came and went and disney didn't embrace it and then i think because the negotiations with hillary didn't go well that they kind of just like you know all right you know bye lizzie mm -hmm. and so it didn't um you know it, it warms my heart that all these years later that song has become so iconic because I knew it would. I knew it would. I had to fight for that song because I didn't like it at first. And so did Dean Pitchford. Like he had to like, you know, basically get on his knees and beg her mom and whoever else to like, 
this is the right song, you know? Wow. wow. I can't, yeah. I can't, yeah, I can't imagine the movie without it. Well, I mean, it's not what Hillary wanted to record as her own singing career was, was, mm-hmm. you know, happening. That was just not an edgy enough song for mm-hmm. Hillary, but it was the right song for Lizzie. It was, yeah. the, it was the right song for uh, the movie. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It was perfect. It was. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm a sucker for a big key change and that Technicolor moment, all that stuff and the, oh. the strings, like all that stuff was stuff that, you know, luckily, my, you know, the arrangers and the songwriter and I were all in sync about what, what it should be. Yeah. When it was Ms. great. When Miss <laughs> Ungermeyer kicks down by security and gets oh. in there. Sergey, what a moment. The whole moment is so great. <laughs> I mean, the cast of this movie really is incredible. Yeah, I mean, we we're lucky. Alex Borstein, you know, she can do no wrong. I mean, so much, some of, so much of her stuff, not all of it, but she has little ad libs that are left in there. You know, the junk in the trunk and the you want a piece of this and all that <laughs> stuff was just ad libbed and we left it in and Disney was fine. And um, and Brendan Kelly, who plays, you know, the uh, the, the Sergey, um, you know, he had just come off of Oz, where oh. where he did some nasty things in that <laughs> show, like nasty. And I wanted to cast him in this because he was perfect, but I thought, I don't know, Disney's going to like look at Oz and go. <laughs> yeah. He's the same guy that had that spoon with the rape scenes. Like, maybe not. <laughs> we Come back to Disney. <laughs> Come back to Disney. But, uh, you know, it kept him. he was great in it. Yeah. He was great. He's a sweetheart. He was perfect. He just has that big, sweet Irish face. And all the mm. Russians must be Russian. No, he was great. And he was a joy to work with. And, Oh, yeah. Oh, we love hearing all of this. Seriously. <laughs> Let's see. Oh, there was. Oh, I think the last thing we wanted to ask was the documentary, Hillary's Roman Adventure. Yeah. Did you, so did you know kind of throughout the process that you would want to go about a doctor? Like, how did that happen? I don't, I mean, that was just, that was put together by the, you know, there's always like some um, behind the scenes people filming stuff. Mm. I mean, half the time, I, I didn't even know that was happening until it was on the dvd i'm like oh okay yeah it might have just been clips they took along the way it was clips it was not like a an actual documentary i think it was just kind of put together by disney you know they realized they had a lot of behind the scenes stuff and you know i remember asking them back then i wanted to do a uh director's commentary you know why not but they had shoved so much stuff on the dvd there's so many extras and previews and things and not even Lizzie related that they, that they claimed that there wasn't room enough to add a director's commentary. And I get it again, it's a kid's movie who cares, but sure. you know, I, it would have been nice to have a, especially when everything was fresh in my head to have everything, you know, have some kind of director's commentary, but yeah. Maybe oh. someday. Yeah. Maybe someday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why these podcasts, this, you know, all these things, I don't know. These are, Kind of like director's commentaries. Yeah. That's so true. That's true. They're keeping it alive. <laughs> Was it, yeah. did you um, meet Haley Duff whenever you were doing the Liz McGuire movie? Because you worked with her then later on. Is that correct? Yeah. I, I met her briefly while, when they, her whole family came to Rome when we were shooting. Um, and she's lovely. She's great. And then, yeah, when I did the movie called Holiday Engagement, um, Haley was in that. Um, and she's great. And, um yeah no I, I didn't really get to know her that well when we shot lizzie but uh mm. okay but, uh, she's a sweetheart oh um, yeah yeah nice well, thank you so much and we hope that 
the set the sequel to trick will be yes soon <laughs> yeah me too i mean all of it too i think um even like the series the lizzie mcguire tv series although i have nothing to do with it and i don't really you know like i said i don't really know the series it would be nice if it happened um mm. it's too we bad it got so. stuck I know. I mean, I guess it wouldn't have been able to happen right now anyway. So maybe it gives them more time to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. Because so many people want it to happen. Oh, yeah. So many people. I know. I, I really always want, I always wanted to do a sequel to this. I think this movie would have been a fun movie to make a sequel for. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I'd be very fascinated to see how much of the movie they embraced in the TV show. Yeah. You know? I would love her to run into Paolo again, and he's like, I don't know, a barista or whatever he is. Oh my gosh, yeah. Anything <laughs> and they actually fall in love this time because he's, he's been knocked down and he's human, you mm -hmm. know? And then they actually fall in love and he's actually a good guy because he's, you know, he, I don't know, I think that could be really cool. That would be cool. Oh. I still just remember being like floored the first time I saw the movie and he can't sing, like, oh. what? <laughs> my God, it broke my heart. I was like, Paolo, how? <laughs> I know. He's a dog, that yeah. Paolo. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully if it comes back in the sequel, they do something with the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Thank oh, you great. so much. Great. Thank you. Let me know when it's on. I'd love to listen. Well, stay <laughs> safe. So with you guys. You too. Okay. Bye. Bye. We really hope that you all are celebrating this week of the 19th anniversary of the Liz McGuire movie. It is on Disney Plus. You have no excuse not to watch it. If you don't have Disney Plus, you can at least go to YouTube, look mm -hmm. up some clips. Yes, we love the Lizzie McGuire movie. Love it so much. And we hope you enjoyed listening to Jim talk about it. I mean, he lived it and was there every single day. He made it. And yeah. And if you want a little bit more Lizzie and haven't heard it yet, one of our more recent episodes, we had Clayton Snyder on who was Ethan Kraft mm -hmm. from Lizzie McGuire. And we talked a bit about the Lizzie McGuire movie as well. So we're just trying to throw it all at you because it's Lizzie McGuire movie all week. We are celebrating and we hope you are too. Paolo. It truly is what dreams are made of. Oh, it is just what dreams are made of. Paolo. Sing to me, Sing Paolo. To me, Paolo. <laughs> and if you want to make our dreams come true, nice, nice, love nice, it. nice, 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 nice. We would love it if you followed us on all the social medias and if you would leave us a review wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at BTTB Podcast. You can find us on TikTok and Facebook at Back to the Best. And of course, our website is bttbpodcast.com. You can find yes. it all there. Yeah. And if you want to give Jim a follow, he's just at Jim Fall on Instagram. And in there is linked his website. It's jimfallfilms.com. Go send him some love and enjoy this week of just watching the Lizzie McGuire movie. We give you full permission to watch it all day, every day. Amen. Amen. And thanks for being a friend. Thanks for being a friend. <laughs> and make sure you tune in next time where yes. we are going to keep taking you back to the best. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.